0: 4116, which we are taking this guided tour of the temple that Ezekiel is seeing in the vision with an interpreting angel kind of uh, serving as tour guide, and uh, we've kind of gone into the temple, and he's even measured the Holy of Holies, and now we're sort of coming back out. And uh, there are various decorations and furnishings and so forth associated with this temple that Ezekiel is uh, getting to view. And so these are now being described, 16 to 26.
1: The thresholds, the latticed windows, and the galleries round about mm-hmm. the three stories opposite the threshold were paneled with wood all around. And from the ground mm-hmm. to the windows, but the g- windows were covered, over the entrance, into the inner house, and on the outside, and on all the wall, all around, inside and outside, by measurement. It was carved with cherubim and palm trees, and a palm tree was between cherub and cherub, and every cherub had two faces. A man's face toward the palm tree on one side, and a young lion's face toward the palm tree on the other side. They were carved on all the house, all around. From the ground to above the entrance, cherubim and palm trees were carved, as well as on the wall of the nave. The doorposts of the nave were square. As for the front of the sanctuary, the appearance of one doorpost was like that of the other. The altar was of wood, three cubits high, and its length two cubits. Its corners, its base, and its sides were of wood. And he said to me, This is the table that is before the Lord. The nave and the sanctuary each had a double door. Each of the doors had two leaves, two swinging leaves two leaves for one door, and two leaves for the other. Also, there were carved on them on the doors of the nave, cherubim and palm trees like those carved on the walls, and there was a threshold of wood on the front of the porch outside. There were lattice windows and palm trees on one side and on the other, on the sides of the porch. Thus were the side chambers of the house and the thresholds.
0: All right, that was good reading. <laughs> and uh, does it give you any sort of a picture? What are you getting out of this?
1: What is the nave?
0: The nave, I think we said last week, is what we call, like, the temple itself, or the sanctuary, like, the holy place.
2: We said that last week? We, we said, did. not think we said that last week?
3: The sanctuary, or the holy place, or maybe some kind of hallway.
1: Yeah. I remember we the
0: had, hallway. We talked I mean, about it. They the call
3: it today, oftentimes, in a cathedral or something, they'll call that part the nave. The left The nave.
0: It's like the sanctuary.
3: Yeah. I okay. <laughs>
0: We did talk about that last week. Right?
3: We did mention something about
2: I don't know what we
0: said, but we talked about it. Hey, a
3: lot
2: of palm trees.
0: Well, yeah. What? Are, what's the purpose of these palm trees and cherubim, do you suppose? Decoration. I assume so. I mean, this is a uh, elaborately decorated building. It's pretty. Uh, you know, you've got the uh, the palm trees in between the <laughs> cherubs. And what do the cherubs look like?
2: They have two faces.
0: So one's yeah.
2: human and one's a lion
0: yeah remember uh sometimes a cherub would even have four faces don't we
2: have that beginning
0: yes we do and a lion and an eagle
1: and a
0: human and an ox right
1: mm-hmm.
0: yeah so yeah you're on the
1: other side of the
0: wall but we can't see that yeah <laughs> so i mean but i think these are probably uh more like i don't know my impression is they're sort of carved into the like the wood of the holy place and of the wall and so forth not like they're freestanding but they're sort of like i don't know if i'm not sure how that would work i don't know if they shipped out the things around them to make them like that or if they carved an indentation in the form of a a cherubim and, and a palm tree, or whatever. But that's what I'm seeing with this: that they're more or less, you know, pictures of mm-hmm. that by by carving, not that they're freestanding. Well, it says they were carved in
3: 1919. Right. That's why I thought that. <laughs> 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 that's really funny. Well, I never thought that they would
0: be free So he told me that they were. Well, now the okay. cherubim, you know, we see like over the mercy seat or whatever. Those those were actual like, you know. Right. Busts of cherubim,
1: like. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> oh, Statues.
0: <laughs> like cherubim mannequin or something.
1: Right.
0: <laughs> so Medusa. Cherub, cherub,
1: cherubim, cherubim.
3: <laughs> and even
0: first
1: 20, I
3: mean, they go up to the wall
0: so yes yeah. like one, row. It's one row, then another row, then another row yeah so this is really elaborate I would think I mean I think this would be quite decorative and and uh, you know I mean I think they would consider this to be to be pretty I mean, this is this is a well done temple I mean he's seeing something uh, you know very nicely uh, appointed and uh, he mentions not too many specific details but a few. Of uh, the uh, actual function or whatever. Uh, for example, in 21 and 22, uh, he's got the doorpost mentioned, and then the altar, which is significant. And then you've got the the doors, the like the two leaf doors, swinging leaves, you know, like you'd sometimes have into maybe a closet or something. And uh, and so you know, he tells us a few details about uh, the construction here.
1: And those are not palm leaves, right? No,
0: I take it these are like louvered doors. Not louvered. It Look the room. It's a palm tree. Oh, I think Is the palm tree's pretty.
1: <laughs> I, was, I was thinking that does it have anything to do with uh, Jesus' entrance into the, the city and they took the palm branches? I mean, we've got you know, references to palms and things.
0: Well, the fact that they took palm branches is probably a good indication that there were palms growing in this area. Yeah. You know, this was not some exotic tree. I don't know. There may be some, you know, foreshadowing of that in some way. I don't know. In fact, we
1: have the, what, the man face and the lion face as opposed to the eagle and the ox or some other combination thereof.
0: <laughs> We'd have a hard time doing four faces on this one, wouldn't we? Yeah. How would you do that on an, you know, etched out uh, sort of two-dimensional, essentially, carving? You know, you you only could do two. And so I guess the Man of the line perhaps would the prime two, the most important two. Can you do three? You
1: might be able
0: to. Whoa, how? <coughs> You'd you have, you have to stick you
1: know, out shoulders. You, your back would be against the wall, but you could do two sides. You could do That's three right. faces. You could do That's three one one. faces, so, three? I mean, it'd be yeah. like... Just put one on top. On <laughs> top. I don't think so. You could do three, yeah. You could do three. Because you
2: could only
3: one, one in the, and in the back, and then it's like
2: this.
1: Yeah, and then you could yeah, just put the side. Side. fourth one on top. Well, he hasn't seen my mask, has he? Your mask? My cherubim mask. Oh my, He your cherubim mask. You saw it?
3: You I, I? No, okay,
1: have Somebody I. saw it. It
0: must be invisible. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, I made true. a a mask one time. Wow. So. Uh, Four sides? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I had you know the, the eagle and the, the lion and the ox and then in the front it just I just cut out.
0: Oh. I so. <laughs>
1: and I put it down itself. So. That's true. Great. <laughs> and I was going to bring it, and I was going to make them, and we were all going to wear them, and I uh, forgot. <laughs>
0: well, it's not too late.
1: Well, you can do that like of, you know, the, the grand finale the <laughs> <laughs> There we go. I want a cherubim mask. Why would you, you wear a me? cherubim? Other <laughs> comments. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, how
0: about 42 verses 1 through 12?
3: brought me out into the outer court, the way toward the north, and he brought me to the chamber which was opposite the separate area and opposite the building toward the north. Along the length, which was a 100 cubits, was the north door. The width was 50 cubits. Opposite the 20 cubits, which belonged to the inner court, and opposite the pavement, which belonged to the outer court, was gallery corresponding to gallery in three stories. Before the chambers was an inner walk, 10 cubits wide, a way of 100 cubits, and their openings were on the north. Now the upper chambers were smaller, because the galleries took more space away from them than from the lower and middle ones in the building, for they were in three stories and had no pillars like the pillars of the courts. Therefore the upper chambers were set back from the ground upward, more than the lower and middle ones. As for the outer wall by the side of the chambers, toward the outer court facing the chambers, its length was fifty cubits, for the length of the chambers which were in the outer court was fifty cubits. And behold, the length of those facing the temple was a hundred cubits. Below these chambers was the entrance on the east side, as one enters them from the outer court. In the thickness of the wall and of the court toward the east, facing a separate area and facing the building, there were chambers. The way in front of them was like the appearance of the chambers which were on the north. According to their length, so was their width, and all of their exits were both according to their arrangement and openings. Corresponding to the openings of the chambers which were toward the south, was an opening at the head of the way the way in front of
0: the wall toward the east as one enters them. Alright, this is a little complicated, but we're describing some of the things where? The outer court. court. We're back out to the outer court now. I mean, it looks to me like basically Ezekiel goes in and comes out, and things are being described as he goes. The thing I most get out of this is a description of what? chambers and galleries yeah what's a chamber Mm
1: -hmm.
0: yeah I think so so I think we're looking at you know a complex of rooms and buildings and so forth in this outer court and there's even upper chambers and lower chambers and he's got dimensions and, and so forth I'm not exactly sure what these were for although I do know there were lots and lots of rooms and so forth even in like Solomon's temple you know because you know for us, we think of the temple itself, but for them, the temple included this whole complex of buildings and rooms and whatever else uh, around it. So, that's what I get out of that, which isn't much. What do you get out of it?
3: Maybe they might have used some of the chambers for priests, and um, the priests came from farther away, like um, Elizabeth and Zechariah. He would have needed a place to stay for a while.
0: Good good idea. I mean, there could be a lot of uses for them. That would be one. Um, You know, sometimes, we know in Nehemiah's day, they used uh, chambers for, like, storage, for, like, the tithes that were brought, and, you know, other offerings, first fruits, and things like that might be a good use of that. Uh, Maybe there was other kinds of priestly work that could be done in those chambers, you know. Um, I don't know. Did they keep, didn't
1: they keep, like, Old discarded copies of the law in those
0: chambers, too? Well, maybe so, from Josiah's uh, experience.
1: And then, could the scribes have worked in the temple complex?
0: Maybe so. The scribes were a relatively recent invention, Mm. you know, but yeah, maybe so. I don't know that there could have been scribes by Ezekiel, actually Ezra was a scribe, so yeah, maybe so.
1: So in my imagination of these chambers go like this They get their littler at the top yes and the other ones went the other way the chambers that we've talked about where the uh in 417 the side chambers surrounding the temple were wider with each successive Uh uh-huh. yeah so we've got some weird architectural things going on
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. It would really be interesting to see all this, mm-hmm. and there's, you know, I'm just not very good with architectural stuff. There's some commentaries and things that show some schematics of this. They're hard for me to even visualize off of that. It's kind of complicated, and uh, but you can check in some better commentaries and things like that, or even maybe in your Bible. I don't I know. I was going
1: to say stuff. I have yeah. a, a little version of yeah. sort of, but yeah. Do I mean, you know what I want fiction though?
2: My new one, Mike. Yeah, lots of pictures. Where's your new one? I'm still transferring
0: notes, so I'm still on my old one. Can you see if it has a picture? Oh, okay. yeah, we, can, we can look. I mean, there's a lot of different pictures that I've seen, you know, of this. That I mean, they're all, Yeah, I don't know, it's really complicated to me uh, looking at it. But.
1: Natasha's drawn a picture.
0: Oh, cool. Let's see. The query
1: the wrong thing. Yeah. I drew
0: the tabernacle instead of drawing the temple. Oh wow, uh, tabernacle. How do you tell a difference in the drawing? hmm
2: Yeah. It's different. I
0: forgot
2: we're in the temple, not in the
0: tabernacle. Well the tabernacle was all one story. Mm-hmm. And the temple a temp-
1: evidently was not. And the temple a yeah. much yeah. larger, you know, area around it. I what think there's two pictures.
0: All right. Other comments and questions?
1: And it looks like the walls were thick enough that there were chambers in the walls?
0: Yes, I think so. I don't know you exactly so? how that was, whether they were just kind of attached to the walls or what. That's kind of cool. Yes. So you had chambers, here they not. We have a, the walls somewhere? Yeah, probably. I like 40?
2: I'm sure
0: we did. Probably. Yeah, 40 maybe? Forty in verse uh, five. The thickness of the wall was one rod. Yeah. and the Why
1: rod is, is a
0: measure. It's
1: a cubit and a hand. It's
0: so yeah. about nine. Uh, ten feet. Ten point three feet. There
1: we go. You can have some quarters in this. So the rooms were the rooms and the walls were not that big. If they could be no more than ten feet big, but still
3: mm-hmm. ten feet. Of what
0: would this oh, be? what is this? Probably 15 by 14, 15 by what? Se- probably 17 like 15. by 13. How big is this really? Oh, I thought you
1: should ask the height. 20? I think 20. 20 by 13? Yeah. More than that? Mm, I'd say 20, 17 20 20. to and 20 feet.
0: And this was no more than 10 feet. Uh, at least it would have under that wall. Yeah, yeah.
1: Well, h- okay, who, How is anybody five feet tall? I um, put four over five feet tall. four inches <laughs> and a half. So, let me,
0: two, two Toshes. Plus a little. Two, zi- two Toshes and a smidgen.
1: Would be ten feet. Very good.
0: How tall is this
1: one? Fifty-four
0: and a half. That's four, six and a half.
3: So, two tashes and a bit more. <laughs> <laughs> two so, two, like sh- two Toshas
0: and a James
2: Foot. I'm <laughs> 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 not any good at making I don't visualize
0: this at all. Me Join the crowd.
3: Especially when they're in Cubic.
0: Yeah, well, cubic is about a foot and a half, yeah. give or take. I could not tell you
1: how big this room is. I'm no. no good with doing
0: that. That's why I had to learn to measure things. Yeah. I right, had other comments and questions on this. We are making progress getting through this part of it, right? <laughs> Thirteen and fourteen.
3: Then he said to me, "The north chambers and the south chambers, which are opposite the separate area, there are the holy chambers where the priests who are near to the Lord shall eat the most holy things. Near there they shall lay the most holy things, the great offering, the sin offering, and the good offering, for the place is holy." When the priests enter, they shall not. They shall, then they shall not go out into the outer court from the sanctuary without laying their garments in which they minister. Laying there their garments in which they minister, for they are holy. They shall put on other garments, and then they shall approach that which is for the people.
0: Now this tells you what some of those chambers were for. What were they for? Now yeah, something where they'd eat and change clothes. clothes. And perhaps even uh, the sacrificial animals, some of them would go through there. So that's part of the reason for at least some of these chambers. Yeah.
3: I have a question. Um, why are we talking about what's going to be done in this temple? If this temple wasn't ever used.
0: Okay. I think for the same reason that... It's, the symbolism of this is not just the structure itself but is the function. There's not really any particular value in just a building temple. It's when the temple is indwelt by God and there are sacrifices and offerings maintaining the relationship between man and God. So he's actually seeing a functioning temple to, to give the message of God's presence and God being reconciled to his people. So I think, you know, this is this is a part of the whole picture. It's not just see the an empty temple, but see a temple working and conveying that the ideas of what the temple does. So what
3: would the priests actually represent then since well, we don't need a mediator like
0: that today? Well, probably ultimately the Lord And just the idea of the providing of sacrifices to bring us back to God, which was done by Jesus. What about the
3: changing of clothes before they went out
0: to the people? Very much the idea of them following strictly the orders of the scriptures, of the holiness of the temple, and them being purified before they go out. I mean, really, a lot of this parallels the Old Testament temple. I mean, you're seeing that they're actually performing the service properly, and you're seeing an emphasis on some themes of of like the holiness that's necessary to have this fellowship with God. They weren't holy before; they weren't concerned about hardly anything, and so God left them. Now, when He comes back, they're going to do it right. They're going to be holy. They're going to go through the procedures to make purification possible and to be faithful to God. So He's showing it in function with the priests observing their uh, responsibilities in, in a way that I'm just going So I think this whole thing is a picture of Christ and Christianity. And it's, it, it, the thing that's amazing is, it's just in so much detail. We're used to a parable where there's not many details that, that apply. You know, uh, most any parable we've got, you know, it's it's not so broad. You know, it's one or two or three or for points of comparison, whereas this is a whole elaborate nine-chapter, you know, depiction of this temple and the service in the temple and all of that and God dwelling among them, and the distribution of the land and all that. But I think for this same purpose of really showing God is back in fellowship with his people. That's my take. When I read, when I read verse 14
1: about laying aside the garments, you take these off and you put them. I couldn't help but think about being clothed in Christ and yes. putting off the old man and yes. putting on the new man and all of that and how that would make even more sense to a priest who, as a regular course of just serving in the temple, you know, you do this, so, this much stuff and then you have to change clothes and you take the ashes and you put them out wherever and then you have to wash this way and, you know, just the idea of continually taking off the, the soiled garments and getting the having the good stuff on at the appropriate time and, and all of that. Mm-hmm. But, yeah,
0: Yeah. well, and, and, and you understand, I mean, this is a similar thing to what they did in the law but, you know, God's holiness is um so great and so um pure that if that they can't have the holy garments on when they go out to the people because like the the holiness is too strong for you know it, it would it would knock them dead it would you know because I mean, it's really conveying that idea of the presence of God and of what that means. I mean, you know, you have to be really be guarded from the holiness of God. It, it's too pure. It's too bright. And, and in the presence of unholy man, you know, so even, even the clothes they wore, they're too holy. they got to take those off and wear ordinary clothes out. Or this is just going to, you know, be, be overpowering to the people. That, that, those are neat ideas. You know, they really show more the the specialness of God. And, you know, the fact that uh, we are so casual, you know, in our, in our view of things. And I don't have a problem with that, with a lot of things. But it may be that it hurts us a little bit in our view of God and how we approach him. Because, you know, we don't have a king and queen. You know, it's England. You know, we don't have much ritual. We don't have much uh, liturgy, you know, and all that kind of stuff. And so, you know, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I think if, if, we, if we had, you know, through some mutual acquaintance, a, a friendship with, with George Bush, you know, I mean, and we played golf or tennis or whatever, I don't know. I think we'd be cool with, with doing that mostly. I mean, it'd be an honor. But I don't think we'd be overly intimidated, even by somebody like that. I think we're kind of in this mentality where everybody's equal. And, and like I said, I'm not really against that when it comes to human beings that much. That, that We need some respect for the, the constituted Authority. But, but it, it's like God's almost the same way to us. You know, like, you know, I mean, if you had a chance to waltz in and, you know, have a little chat with the Lord, you know, up in heaven, would you would you feel like, yeah, that'd be cool. No, I mean, we need a sense that, wow, he is so awesome and so great. I mean, it's like be like something radioactive. You know, it'd kill you before you even got close. You know, it's just too holy. And and we need a sense of how unworthy we are and how, you know, the priest didn't want to contaminate the people with these this holy clothes. Does that make some sense? I think those concepts are born concepts. Now, you know, here you know, it, he's going to say, in, these ne- in the next couple chapters, uh, or three, he's going to do a lot of parallel stuff to what you see in the law. I mean, they're going back to doing this right. And we're going to have a lot of those same concepts, but it's just the idea of God coming back to dwell with his people and them coming back to faithfulness to him and worshipping him properly and, and that close connection. I'm their God, they're my people. So to me, it, it's kind of elaborate to go through all this. But I think it's the full picture of restored fellowship back to God. And if it isn't, now, you know, the problem, I mean, hey, I like the premillennial view of this. You know, it's really cool to think of, well, we're just going to take it all literal. But, but there is no way. I don't think that we can ever reconcile Hebrews and the New Testament with the idea of offering sacrifices again of animals. Uh, that that just seems to me like that just flies in the face of what we know. And so that that's really not a good option for us. i right, I got a big mm-hmm. go, I
1: was
0: yeah. going to say, you've got you a you for something.
1: Is that mine?
3: No. Whoa! We
2: can't see it, Gary.
0: I can't eat it up. <laughs> it's not
3: yours. <laughs> oh, <fine>. Must be. <laughs> probably from my bed.
0: Yeah, I was lying on your bed talking on the phone. That's probably, probably will I get cooties from you? The- <laughs>
1: Probably. At least you get hairy. <laughs> you
0: don't have lice or anything, do you? Not that I
2: do well. Alright. But my hair's about the same color as so. yours.
0: Actually, I think your hair is not nearly as great as mine.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Unfortunately. Hello? Her telephone skills. I'm
1: fine. I'm Hi. fine. <laughs> it's a Hi, who do you need to speak to? Probably Mark. Uh, this is Sarah. I'm just answering the phone for the Witsits. Who do you need? Yeah, they're here. Who do you want? <laughs> <laughs> Hang on a
3: second.
2: <laughs> oh, we're
1: in the middle of the study. I'm going to work on my phone. Oh, so yeah, we were in Pratt's middle school. What? Dad? <laughs> you Your dad? Yeah. How was that? <laughs> <laughs> Did he say you were part of our family? No, I, because I, I just said, you know, I'm answering the phone for the witches. He said, Is there none of them there? I said, No, they're there. Which one would you like to speak to? He's going, Now what? <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, no, your phone no. your skills with 79 year olds need a little
1: Yeah,
2: <laughs> you know, yeah. you're <laughs> too respectful I me oh, know. Know, know how Tasha was doing
0: what's
2: wrong
0: with Tasha oh she's okay with that or?
2: it's going down it's not gone
0: but she's going down did she ever go to the doctor no. <laughs>
2: oh <laughs>
0: Did she ever did demonstrate great glandular abnormalities? <laughs> <laughs> no, no. <laughs> what
3: glandular <laughs> <is the> <laughs> abnormality. <laughs> 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 well, I don't know <laughs> if she
0: started going <laughs> real hyper or something. <laughs> you'd figure the pituitary gland was she overactive. She did it. If like she started hand.
1: going she real hyper, hyper you'd you think it. she was. she went, like, went like,
0: oh. into a coma. Maybe that her pancreas. I don't think a pancreas is up there, but <laughs> <laughs> what in sure the? Glandular
1: Really. Thyroid, <laughs> yeah. Thyroid is somewhere. Yeah, so I did that. Here. But when the pituitary,
0: if it pituitary if it, what is that? What, well, anyway? Well, then overactivated and just hype you up, is that right?
1: Yeah. And yeah. The thyroid yeah. could either hype yeah. you up yeah. or just hype you, depending on whether not produce yeah. too much yeah. or yeah. not. Adrenal glands. Uh, yeah. What about that would well, adrenalize adrenal you? Adrenal glands are in no, Oh, yeah. okay. Well, but your pituitary gland. It's
0: yeah, that affects all like of them, sal-
3: doesn't it? <laughs> sal- <laughs> <laughs> it's her salivary glands. Salivary glands.
0: Have a you problem. been having water in the mouth? <laughs> and A normal amount? Or a lack of it. I did
1: get it.
0: You did get what? The temple. Oh, awesome. Well, very good.
3: You did you do it? Yeah. Can you see it? Yeah. The temple. So, I don't know what I was
0: saying, but I imagine it wasn't important. <laughs> <All> <laughs> I can't... Right very active material. Yeah, well, I remember that, yeah, and, you know, I think I'd gone on from that, but, yeah, you, you know, we just need more reverence and respect for the whole... Well, well. I think
2: she was so respectful that I didn't
0: know how to handle it. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody respects all it's He's not <laughs> used to it for his
1: own children, apparently. Yes, <laughs> yes.
0: Yeah. Hey, daddy-o, Ceruleo. all right, 15 to 20.
1: Now when he had finished measuring the inner
0: house, he brought me out by the way of the gate which faced toward the east, and measured all around. He measured it all around. He measured on the east side with the measuring reed, five hundred reeds by the measuring reed. He measured on the north side, five hundred reeds by the measuring reed. On the south side he measured five hundred reeds with the measuring reed. He turned to the west and measured five hundred reeds with the measuring reed. He measured it on the four sides. It had a wall all around. It. The length five hundred and the width five hundred to divide to divide between the holy and the profane. This is big.
2: Well,
1: how do we know how big a reading
0: is? Well, but we have that back in check? 40.
1: That's, the, that's the, the six <laughs> big cubit thing. Right. right I think
0: but that's the rod, for the reed.
1: Oh, you're right. But th- this says that, that a reed 500 reeds is 875 feet, how which means have? that the total area was uh, 765,625 square feet. Whoa!
0: 13 football fields. This is huge. This is the the total dimensions
2: of the whole temple of the
0: complex complex, yes. It's how so. many
2: football fields? Thirteen.
0: That's what I read. I won't Jason swear to it. But. No. Wow.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, it's big. How huh?
1: many square feet is that here? About seven hundred and sixty five thousand. Almost eight hundred thousand. I think Yeah. How long does this read? I don't know. 875 divided by 500. Okay, what is that? Um, How long will read is. Okay, how did they get the 100 figure? I, I, don't, I don't actually know. Um, Commentators I thought just the know these things. Are, they, are lot you all saying the same as the rod? I don't think the read is the same as the rod. Me neither. Can Do you, you need to calculate
0: I assume the reed was the same as the rod, but that's not with your calculation. So I don't know. Because because that would be ten feet,
1: and that's that, that won't work out. Right? Yeah, and we're switching from cubits also because she said eight hundred something feet. What do we need
0: 8, to divide? Eight seventy-five divided by five hundred. One
1: point seven five. One point seven five feet. Per leave. Per reed. That would be her read? That's right. When did Wait, we get this so multiply 875 times
3: 875. 765,000. Okay. Give or
1: take a hundred or so. Yeah. <laughs>
3: 765, 625.
1: Yes. So that's what, that's how they got their math, but I don't know how they got their read. I don't,
0: the, I don't either. I don't know what's
1: to They
3: The to the Middle East measured all the reads and calculate an average.
1: <laughs> and the, the average is one point seven something feet. Exactly. feet. I like yeah. the twenty. You're dividing the holy and the profane
0: Well, and do you see that that's a big theme here? We've got a, this temple has to measure up exactly to be prepared for the holy God to enter. I mean, I don't think the measuring here is primarily just to give us a feel for the size. The dimensions. It's more to show the exactness that this measures exactly right. This is a perfect house for God to return to. You know, there's nothing profane, there's nothing common. It all is holy, it all measures up to the standard. You wouldn't want God returning back to a shoddy house. Shoddily built. House.
3: some
0: questions on 42. It would be really bad if he lost count while he was measuring 3 for nil. Let's start up. All right, well we get to go to 43 which is I think a little bit more exciting uh, versus 1 to 12.
2: And he led me to the gate, the gate facing toward the east, and behold, the glory of the God of Israel was coming from the way of the east, and his voice was like the sound of many waters, and the earth shone with his glory. It was like the appearance of the vision which I saw, like the vision which I saw when he came to destroy the city, and the visions were like the vision which I saw by the river Jebar, and I fell on my face. And the glory of the Lord came into the house by the way of the gate facing toward the east, and the Spirit lifted me up and brought me into the inner court, and behold, the glory of the Lord filled the house. Then I heard one speaking to me from the house, while a man was standing beside me. He said to me, Son of man, this is the place of my throne and the place of the soles of my feet, where I will dwell among the sons of Israel forever, and the house of Israel will not again defile my holy name, neither they nor their kings, by their harlotry or by the corpses of their kings when they die, by setting their threshold by my threshold, and their doorposts beside my doorpost, with only the wall between me and them, and they have defiled my holy name by their abominations which they have committed, so I have consumed them in my anger. Now so let them put away their harlotry and the corpses of their kings far from me, and I will dwell among them forever. Thus for you, son of man, describe the temple to the house of Israel, that they may be ashamed of their iniquities, and let them measure the plan. If they are ashamed of all that they have done, make known of them the design of the house, its structure, its exits, its entrances, all its designs, all its statutes, and all its laws. Write it And write it in their sight, so that they may observe its whole design and all its statutes, and do them. This is the law of the house. Its entire area on the top of the mountain all around shall be most holy. Behold, this is the law of the house.
0: All right. Now we get the uh, punchline because he's taken to the east gate and what happens?
2: The glory of the Lord comes.
0: Yes, the glory of God comes. How does it sound like?
2: Many waters like Revelation.
0: Then what does it look like?
2: The same thing sometimes.
0: Yes, it's bright, and the earth just shines with its glory, and he sees all this like he'd seen before. And you remember how the glory of the Lord had left the East gate, Now the glory of God's coming back in. And what does Ezekiel do? Stand at attention? Yeah, it's just overwhelming. You know you would think after perhaps decades now of service as a prophet, he wouldn't have had such a great sense of awe and terror at the sight of God, but no, <laughs> it falls flat down again, and uh, the Spirit lifts him up and actually brings him into the inner courtyard, and he's able to see the glory of God come right sweeping into the into the temple, and uh, that's just uh, that's just overwhelming. Now, this reminds me of something.
1: Revelation.
0: No, not in this case. Think of the way these chapters have been put together. In 40 to 42, we saw what? The uh, measurements of the temple. The temple. In 43, we're seeing what? God coming in. God coming in and? Filling the temple. What does that remind you of?
1: all of the stuff in Exodus, here's the tabernacle, let's make it, and then the tabernacle is filled.
0: Definitely that. I'm thinking of something a little less tabernacle-ish.
1: And you've also got the original, some of the original visions, where we're like, we see this vision, and we see this, and then this, and this, and this. And this. That's
0: true, too. I'm thinking of something even more broader, where you see the, the realm being whatever and then you see it filled see a pattern of like making the space and then the, f- the
1: making he formed the body out of the dust and then he put
0: breath right, into that's it that's true or we can we can go with it a little okay. broader <laughs> the
1: whole creation the
0: whole creation that's exactly the way God made the creation you remember no. that after the created the heavens and the earth, it said that the earth was without form right. and void. So what did he do? He gave form. He divided light from darkness. He divided the waters above from the waters below. And he divided out the, the dry land from the waters. So he creates the realms, the heavens, the atmosphere, the, the sea, and the dry land. That's days one through three. Day 4 he fills what he created on the first day. The light and darkness fills him with sun, moon and stars. Day 5 he fills what he created on the second day. The 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 air and the seas with birds and fish. And day 6 he fills what he created on the third day. Uh he created the dry land, so he fills it with the animals and the man, and men.
1: That's so cool. You didn't see no. that before.
0: Yeah, I think that's exactly... So, he, he, it was without form, he deals with that one through three. Days one through three. It was empty, void, he deals with that in four through six. Day four through six. Cool. So, that, that's exactly, I think, the pattern of the creation. Yeah, I didn't realize. I thought that was pretty common knowledge. But. Whoa. I
2: didn't okay, so the pattern of creation, you're saying days one through
0: three... He formed the realms. He formed the areas, like the... the... that the light and darkness, the atmosphere, on day one. On day two, he formed basically like the air and the, and the, and the water, <laughs> if you want to call it that. And then on day three, he basically forms the dry land. You know, he does it all by separating. He separates the light from the darkness, he separates the waters above from the waters below, and he separates the the waters from the dry land. But he essentially, in doing that, forms these spaces, he forms the universe space, he forms the air and water space, and he forms the dry land space, on three days. And then he goes back through, and on four through six, he creates the stuff to go in those realms. Oh,
2: that's, yeah, you get down
1: on
0: my level. Uh, that's so cool. Yeah, it's really I cool. When I, when, I, when I saw that number of years ago, I thought it was tremendous, yeah. I just, I use that a lot, so I forget the, I but study you that. I haven't Yeah. So on four, it's the sun, moon, and stars, the objects that fill the light and darkness. And then on five, it's the birds and the fish, the objects that fill the air and the water. And then on day six, it's the animals and man, which are the objects that fill the dry land. Now, there's a lot of other cool stuff about the way the creation account is portrayed. And we could talk forever about that. There's just a ton of cool things about that. Among them is the parallel. There are, on days one and two, and days four and five, there's basically one creative act each day. But on day three and six, there's two creative acts. There's two statements, if you look at those days, that God makes. And so they're parallel. Days one and two are single act days, and four and five and then day 3 and 6 are double act days. You can see that in the text. It's pretty clear. I'm
1: oh, just a double act on day 3. I'll have to look Dry you know. land and then he filled it with vegetation. I mean, you create
3: plant, that's,
0: that's, that's not day 1. The creation of heaven and earth is before day 1.
3: Dry land and
2: then um the plants. Okay. Okay. Uh, okay, now how is did you
0: get to there from here? Here's how I got there. You've done the same thing with this temple. You form it, and then you fill it. You know, we see the form, we see the area, we see the space. And then you see God filling it up with his presence. So it's kind of the way God does things. I mean, the other parallels we used are good ones too. He forms man, and then he fills him with his spirit. Or he forms the tabernacle, and then he fills it. I think that's kind of a a way the Lord operates. Maybe that's a logical process, you know, standard reason. But, but you can see him using that process, forming and then filling.
1: Even, even things like you take all of the prophecy and you, you form a space in which the Christ and the Messiah can be, or limit that space, and then you fill it with Christ.
0: That mm-hmm. is
1: mm-hmm.
0: sense? Mm-hmm.
1: That's so cool.
0: Yeah. There's another, there's so many cool stuff. That, that creation account, is really awesome in how all it's designed. Another thing I remember, if I'm not mistaken, I believe there are seven times five, I think if I'm right, 35 uses of the term Lord in the creation account. I don't know, there's several sevens. Of course, there's seven days, but there's there's other multiples of seven. There's all the really cool stuff about how the whole thing is constructed. It's a really cool passage. You know, besides just, it's an awesome thing, what God did, but the way that's laid out is really cool. There's all sorts of stuff in the Bible. I mean, you know, the more you study, the more you just think, wow. You know, how could anybody have ever thought up all this? And just every time you study, there's another level and another level and another level. And, you know, it was years. I mean, I'd studied the creation account a long time before I, you know, came across that idea. It's like, ha! Huh, you know, I never could remember what happened on one day. Well, now it's a cinch. Day three doesn't fit. No. I mean, grass and
2: flowers and trees. So he fills day three.
0: Drink no. That's still the realm. The, the part of the realm includes the vegetation that's necessary to fill it then with the beasts and man. I think I think the way he looks at it is he makes a, a dry land with plants, you know, as a habitation for animals and man. So the way he looks at it, the vegetation is really a part of the area that he makes. God, God really probably makes more of a distinction between vegetation and animal than what we do. At least the way that's laid out. Julie, really, really cool. I, I, didn't mean to get you us off the you. If you knew the subject. song, you could remember what was
1: made
3: on each day. day <laughs> There's a song But now
0: you don't have to have the song. I mean, once I knew that, but I always knew what was happening on each day. It was like, whoa.
3: It's cool. I don't sing the song every time I think about it, but that's just how I learned
0: it, and I just yeah. remember it. Hmm. So, I've never heard that. Well, I'm, I'm glad I mentioned it then. At least we got something edifying out of Ezekiel. <laughs> but really, it's really cool here with the glory of the Lord coming in. That is an impressive thing. And I mean, this is the climax of what the whole book shows. I mean, you know, what a tragedy when God moves out. But there's still hope, and and God's coming back to dwell with his people. His goal of their being his people and him being their God is not going to fall to the ground. It's going to be realized, and he sees it here. And this is just really awesome. But, now there are some conditions. You know, what's it going to take for him to stay living there? The
1: house of Israel will not again defile his holy name.
0: Exactly. And what kind of things would defile his holy name? Yes, which means... Their
1: idolatry.
0: Yes, their idolatry. All these abominations. they got to take that. And, and if they'll take all that away, that's why he left. In order for God to dwell in their midst, they got to change their behavior. You know, if they'll do that, I will dwell among them forever. So this is a conditional promise. There's no obligations in this. He's come back. But they got to straighten up now, <laughs> you know. They can't. They can't keep, you know, flirting with and, and cavorting with these other women, or or, or that is the idols, you know, and betraying his marriage covenant with them. So that's that's really a powerful message for them, I think, and uh, a hopeful message. But it's also that challenge to live up to that. And then, you know, he says, this is kind of interesting, I don't know that we would have thought of it this way, but he says, as for you son of man, verse 10, describe the temple of the house of Israel, that they may be ashamed of their iniquities, (laughs) and let them measure the plan. How would describing the temple cause them to be ashamed of their iniquities?
2: Because they're seeing the glory of the Lord, I mean like, I remember you used the illustration one time, the closer you get to the Lord, the more you realize how sinful you are, like The dust particles, when you have the light shining on them, you
0: can actually see them. But, yes, and you're exactly right. But it's not just the glory of the Lord inside. It's even just the temple itself. But I think it's the idea we presented of the temple being perfect and holy and exactly what God wanted. And when you see the things of God being so exact and so wonderful, then you look at yourself and you realize how much you don't fit in and how shameful your wickedness and sinfulness is. I think what, one of the things we should, have, we should be getting out of that, that holds three chapters of the pattern for the temple is it's exactly right. He measures it all. Nothing's off. You know, every, everything just, just fits perfect. It, it just, it's, it's the way God wants it. If we look at our lives, it's all out of whack. You know, it's all filled with a bunch of garbage and distortion. And, and, and it's just, you know, I mean, it'd be like, you know, can you imagine, you know, seeing a mansion when you live in some dilapidated bungalow in, you know, the near south side of Minneapolis? You know, you just, it's just all kind of run down, about to fall apart. Compared to this just gorgeous, immaculate, perfectly designed and appointed mansion. How would that make you feel about your little bungalow? Yeah. When we see the glory of God's house, how perfect, how right, how exact, how precise it is. How should it make us feel about, you know, our lives? That's what he wanted them to see. If they're ashamed of all that they've done, make known to them the design of the house, its structure, its exits, its entrances, all its designs, all its statutes, all its laws. You know, he wants them to feel ashamed and to really see his holiness. Every detail is just the way it ought to be. We get too content because we only look at us. And after all, I'm sure I'm better than, you know, some people I know. No, look at God. Look at His perfections. See how far short we are of what He is. We need to be ashamed of our sins. You know, I really do think that's a problem for us. When we think so little about God, or so low about God, you know, maybe viewing Him more as a pal than as a great God, when we don't think about His perfections and His perfect designs, then we get pretty complacent about our own imperfections. You know, Our own unholiness doesn't seem to be too bad because it kind of fits in with everybody else around us. We need to look at the the things of God and it makes our unholiness despicable. That's what I got out of that.
1: It's also like if you look at, if you see a family that is ordered the way it's supposed to be ordered, where things are happening the way they're supposed to be happening. Or a church, the congregation is ordered the way it's supposed to be happening. And then you and you see it the way that it's supposed to be done. You can see that difference so clearly from what you may have in one sense or another, what you're used to. I mean just the idea of of that kind of thing. I was talking to someone the other day and she was talking about how in her family, it was very matriarchal. You know, the mother made all the decisions, and and she would go and talk to some of her friends, and they would talk about her father making their fathers making decisions. She was like, "What? Fathers make decisions? Fathers mm-hmm. do? So? I mean, it was a stark contrast, you know." And but I keep thinking about how when it's done right, it makes a lot more sense. Um,
0: Absolutely. And if we never see the right, we get to where the wrong seems right. It seems normal. So we really need a vision of the Lord, of his perfection and his perfect will, or we'll get to looking around and we'll get all this skewed, distorted stuff and it'll actually seem right to us. It gets that way. People get to where they think their own perversions are okay because they never see anything that's righteous. That's it. I mean that's the problem when we are so lax about looking at the Lord. That's why he reveals himself in such detail. Maybe in one sense it's why he revealed this temple in so much detail. You may not understand all the details of it but you get the impression this is detailed, this is exact, this is exactly what the Lord wanted, everything matches up, everything's just right. And you look at yourself and say I'm all fouled up. some
1: questions. What about the corpses of the kings?
0: Yeah. Well, I assume that this had to do somehow with worshipping the dead or communicating with the dead or something. Part of their idolatry in some way is my guess.
1: I guess I have a footnote that talks about that the graves and the palaces of the kings were on the same hill as Solomon's temple and that's not proper,
0: apparently. I don't know. Maybe
3: it that, that God would be their only
0: king. Yeah, maybe so. That would make more sense to me personally. But who knows? Huh. I've got a note in my margin it says maybe the corpses mean the monuments as in Ugaritic.
3: I but, have that. What yeah. is Ugaritic?
0: <laughs> Ugaritic is a related Semitic language that people have studied to try to learn more about Hebrew words. You know, you look at related languages and sometimes they can shed more light on the words in your own language.
3: Mm
0: -hmm. So Ugaritic is one of the related Semitic languages. For whatever that's worth. Good morning.
1: Good afternoon.
0: Nice of you to join us. We're in Ezekiel 43.13. Yes,
2: missed something cool about creation from Ezekiel. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
0: <We> misplaced passage? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. We, we do a lot of misplacing of passages around here. <laughs> it's our strong suit. All right, anything else you want to say through 43.12? I like verse 12.
1: That the entire area yeah. shall be most holy. Not just part of the top of the mountain, but the whole thing. All of the mountaintops are gods. And, oh yeah, I thought it was neat, but this is the place of the soles of my feet. So it's not even like all of them there is there. This is just the soles of his feet and his throat. Mm-hmm. You don't get it all. You just get
0: them. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, he, he, I'm afraid they couldn't build tall enough to accommodate uh, the rest of it.
1: I tried that <laughs> in the Tower of Babel or something. Right?
0: Yeah, didn't work, did it? Other <laughs> thoughts? Alright, 13 to seventy.
3: And these are the measurements of the altar by cubits. The cubit being a cubit and a handbag. The base shall be a, a cubit and the width a cubit, and its border on its edge round about one span. And this shall be the height of the base of the altar. From the base on the ground to the lower ledge shall be two cubits, and the width one cubit. And from the smaller ledge to the larger ledge shall be four cubits, and the width one cubit. The altar hearth shall be four cubits, and from the altar hearth shall extend upward four horns. Now the altar hearth shall be twelve cubits long by twelve wide, square in its four sides. The ledge shall be fourteen cubits long by fourteen wide in its four sides. The border around it shall be half a cubit, and its base shall be a cubit round about. His
0: steps shall face the east. Alright, what are we measuring here? An altar. An altar? Now, you know, there's not a lot more measurement stuff that goes on in here. You know, really, those next few chapters aren't going to have it, and we already just measured out all the temple. So what's the deal about throwing in the measurements of this altar right here? That's
3: what's going to happen next.
0: We have offerings next. We have an offerings. I agree with you. In the sense that that is what happens next, we go to move to worship and sacrifices and all that, and you do have to have an altar for that. But why do you have next sacrifices that you have to have an altar for? Well,
1: you've got God there now, so you need to offer sacrifices. (laughs) You're
0: right.
3: Because the people can't stay pure.
0: So what does the altar do?
3: Will it
0: purifies them? So that? God can
3: stay?
0: Yes. I think that's exactly the point. That they need the altar to make it possible for God's holy glory to dwell with his people. He wants to have a relationship with them. He wants to stay. But how can he stay with their sins? Atonement. Sacrifices on the altar. So the very next thing we do after we get God in there is to get a way to keep Him there by providing the means for the atonement for the sin. So we immediately describe the altar, and we're going to see the purification of the altar so that it can be used, and, and the priesthood and so forth, and and uh, you know the altar is going to start becoming a a working altar uh, for for you know them to be able to provide this. Atonement for their sins. Comments and questions?
1: So um, they've got 14 square cubits, and then inside of that, there's 12 square cubits, and inside of that, there's four, and then a two by one. And a one by one? I or don't know. Is, is that the way that that's going to, or? Because yeah, we have the, the mesh, base, the, the, the lower ledge, the smaller ledge, hey, the center. lower ledge, the heart here.
0: Yeah, but that's okay. I want to know the noise.
1: Yeah, the also is pretty
0: long. So, what does this mean? What? He thought because there's just not too much fluid that
1: maybe isn't working. Well, I thought they thought there was
0: too much fluid. That you You can go ahead and do 18 to 27 and finish this, Jeff.
1: And he said to me, Son of man, thus says the Lord God, These are the statutes statutes for the altar on the day it is built, to offer burnt offerings on it, and to sprinkle blood on it. You shall give to the Levitical priests who are from the offspring of Zaduk, who draw near to me to minister to me, declares the Lord God, a young bull for a sin offering. You shall, t- you shall take some of its blood and put it on its four horns and on the four corners of the ledge and on the border round about. Thus you shall cleanse it and make atonement for it. You shall also take the bull for the sin offering and it shall be burned in the, appropriate, in the appointed place of the house outside the sanctuary. On the second day you shall offer a male goat without blemish for a sin offering and they shall cleanse the altar as they cleansed it with the bull. Then you have finished cleansing it you shall present a when you have finished cl- cleansing it, you shall present a young bull without blemish, and a ram without blemish from the flock. You shall present them before the Lord, and the priest shall throw salt on them, and they shall offer them up as a burnt offering to the Lord. For seven days you shall prepare daily a goat for a sin offering, also a young bull and a ram from the flock without blemish shall be prepared. For seven days they shall make atonement for the altar and purify it, so they shall consecrate it. When they have completed the days, it shall be that on the eighth day and onward, the priest shall offer your burnt offerings on the altar and your peace offerings, and I will accept you, declares the Lord God.
0: Okay, so what are they doing here?
1: Purifying the altar.
0: Yes, purifying the altar. Uh, With what? Bone
3: and goat.
0: Yeah, for various sin offerings. And uh, how long does it take them to do this? Seven days. Seven days. A seven-day purification procedure for the altar to be able to be used. The altar needs to be purified and consecrated so that then it can be actually in function to provide atonement for the people. And so on the eighth day, the an eighth day is always the great day, you know, the eighth day after the seventh, Then, you know, the priest will be able to offer the burnt offerings and the peace offerings on the altar. And and the very end of this, and I will accept you. That's the the goal, for God to accept them. So you see the altar described, and then it's purification so that it can be used. That's similar to Leviticus 8 and some passages there where the altar in the tabernacle was purified in a very similar way. Comments and questions.
1: Are they throwing salt on the slain sacrifice? Yeah. In verse
0: 24.
1: Is that the salt of the covenant?
0: That's my guess. And salt represents the covenant, maybe like the perpetual nature of the covenant.
2: They keep coming up with stuff from Leviticus.
0: They learned something. I'm proud of them.
1: So remember, you're not supposed to neglect the salt. All of the sacrifices are supposed to have salt.
0: Yeah.
3: So the salt represents the covenant?
0: I think so. I forget just the verse that says that.
1: But I forget it too.
0: But,
1: By uh, I not know. I probably mean, Leviticus 2.13, but I don't
0: know. Yeah, that's probably about right. <laughs> you know what I think about
1: it. I have a cross-reference to there. in the episode.
0: Yeah, that's, that's probably it
1: that season with
2: salt, so that the salt of the covenant of your God shall not be lacking from your grain offering. Oh, yes. With all your offerings, you shall offer salt.
0: Mm-hmm. Good. Alright, so that finishes chapter 43, and we're going to see more really about the worship in the uh, temple some pretty interesting things I think and particularly relating to the Levites and the priests that serve in the temple, some of the rules about them which are kind of intriguing I think chapter 44 is probably one of the more interesting chapters in here at least from my perspective So, uh, and actually I think we come next week too wow. three weeks in a row that may
1: be a record
0: uh, it may be close to it
1: can you stand
0: it? Uh, it's going to be hard yeah. We uh, well, that ought to be easy. Anything
2: as the <laughs>